Murphy, the veteran, the sidestep, oh. the banana, Mark Murphy! Might have no choice. It starts right, it swings back. What a goal! Hello and welcome back to the Unlucky Blues podcast. I'm your host, Luke. JB and Tassa with me today. Coming you coming to you a few days after the national draft and the rookie draft. Um, we saw Carlton bring in three new players, which was exciting. It's always an exciting time of the year. Um, JB, how are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I think I had to, got a good sleep in after the draft. It took a nice long time. It was a good three hours after, I think, for our first pick, which was... It was different after seeing what we had past few years we, we always were pretty heavily involved in the draft and this year um we weren't so it was a different change of pace but um yeah i think it went a bit too long i think yeah well, i think everyone agrees on that one it was weird not having that first round pick i was sort of just waiting for it seemed like forever usually i'm used to having one of the top five picks sad as it is but it's always exciting tass how are you going yeah going well thanks luke um Nice to be back in the studio and uh, nice to be back talking footy again. It's, it's a bit of a rarity these days, um, but, you know, end of the year. But, yeah, always good to uh, talk about the draft, talk about what we think's coming up. So, again, like Johnny's thoughts, it definitely went for too long. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think we've got some good pickups. So, looking forward to seeing what they've got to offer. We'll go straight into oh. it, I think. Um, we ended up having, after trades and... Um, before anyone made bids that matched on academy players, we went into the draft with picks 31, 38, 78. Obviously, we didn't take anyone at 78. But um, 31 ended up going to pick 37. We got our Corey Durden, and then pick 38 ended up as pick 41. Where we got seemingly the steal of the draft, Jack Carroll. Uh, we'll start with Durden. Um, seems like he's a small forward who can play in the mid. Um He's a South Australian. Uh, JB, what, what were your thoughts on uh, getting Corey Durden in the doors? Oh, like I think it just fills another need where we need that small forward role and if we can get a couple to fill that position and then obviously create competition and, and then out of that create better, I guess, players and development through that as well. So, yeah, I like I think we needed a small forward. We got one and I think we did well to get him at pick 30, 37 now. Um yeah, hopefully it proves to be a, a good pickup. Hopefully, maybe it might play a couple of games in the in the next season, and then obviously more at, more in the future. He's 172 centimeters, so he's obviously yeah not gonna very very small. Yeah, not gonna be in the packs, I don't think. But hopefully, that's what we want. We want um, players crumbing. We've seen that too many times where you'd have three or four blokes go up for the for the mark, yeah. and no one crumbing, and 100. It proved to be our downfall most of the of the time in the forward line as well. So. Yeah, I like it. It's a good pickup. Looks like a looks like a nice man. So, <laughs> looks like a nice man. Tess, do you, do you like the small forward, Corey Durden? Yeah, I do. I do. I really do. Um, what what really stuck out st- stuck out for me? Apologies. What stuck out for me in the highlights was his speed. Yeah. And I know uh, the Fox Footy commentators are big on speed. <laughs> Bit of McAblet analysis <laughs> I think, going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, he looks quick, so that's something we really need in the forward line. Someone zippy to hang around the bottom of the pack and um, just mop up Eddie Beth style. So yeah. I think he's a good pickup. His his height worries me a little bit, but then again, he's a small forward, so that's that's a sort of height range you're yeah. going to be looking at. I think between one seventy five or one eighty two sort of range for a small. He's a little bit short, but 
growing. What surprised me was about out of the 60 picks, I think, according to Fox Footy, I think 55 of them had good skills, both on the left and right, and was good out of the stoppage, which was surprising. But um, I'm sure everyone else had their own thoughts on the on the coverage. But um, yeah, I thought that just... Ah, uh, well, at this, t- at this time of the year, though, everyone's a superstar. Yeah. No matter who you are, you can yeah. be the worst player in 50, the league. Next, they're having a great preseason, 50, though, if they're kind of coming out hot. 55 bargains, I think. Yeah. But... um. No, I, I like it. I think, yeah, obviously, small forward was probably the biggest um, area we needed to address. Um, I, th- I think it's been a few years now that we've been saying it. it's why we brought Betts back in. Um, and I think uh, the player they say he plays like, which, you know, you can't really read too much into because there were some interesting names. <laughs> but um, the fact that it said plays like Loney, you know, Jack Loney's a player who we've been linked to for two or three seasons now. Um, never ended up coming, but, you know, he's a player who we've been interested in, so... It makes sense that we went after him in that sense. Um, I think he shot, he's got a lot of upside. He was the Kevin Sheehan medalist at the under-16 champs, um, which shows he, he can match it with his own, even though he is a small guy. Um, and I imagine, because I think he grew up playing a lot of midfield, I imagine for those forward stoppages, he'll just be a good threat. I don't think we've ever been a good forward stoppage team. No, um, so he might add something there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some early, get some games next year. Um, you know, I think if him if he comes in, does that mean Zach Fisher or Gibbons gets to move into the midfield? Hopefully. Or I don't know. It just adds it. It just adds another option, I guess, and it allows those guys to. Because I think with Fisher as well, I'm not 100 percent sure if it's true. I think he's going to train this preseason 100 percent as a small forward. So maybe that might be a new role for him. And I think midfield might be. Uh, a dream more more so for Fisher he might be yeah small forward now so interesting to see the mix up and if there's any more new positions like Fisher's I think yeah well inter- interesting to see it's good that it, uh, it'll put a bit of pressure on guys like Fisher Gibbons you know even someone like Jack Martin I guess but I mean not that he's in any strife but he puts a bit of pressure on them to perform I bringing think in a player for that position you know who really he's he is going to be a small forward at AFL level he, it's, there's no doubt about that um, but yeah, any 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 more comments? Yeah, on I guess we've just like we've said it numerous times on the pod before. It, it, it's about creating competition for places, mm. and I think that's what we've achieved. Um, you know, like you said, I guess Fisher and Gibbons they've sort of been manufactured into the small forward mm. roles, so yep. they're not going to be um, as prolific at doing that sort of stuff because it's not necessarily how they've been brought up but this guy's been brought up as a small forward so mm. and he's known for being a small forward we drafted him as a small forward so all the elements are there for him to be able to you know come in and probably within a couple of years be the premier small forward for Carlton mm. so that, that's what I like about it he's a, he's a purpose driven draftee rather than alright let's just get him and turn him into something else because yes. turning them into something else always takes three or four years and we, and it might not always work as we've seen with um, a couple of our previous players <laughs> a couple Shane too, Rogers, too what a recruiter. <laughs> Top draw. <laughs> well, yes. No, I think it was, a, it was a safe bet, I think, Corey did. And I think, you know, I think he was one of the best small forwards in the draft this season, this year. So um, you certainly, at this stage, it seems like a fairly good um, good choice. And we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully he can get on the park because I think he he definitely is playing in a position where there are games available. Yeah, and he's he's played Sam for yeah, a few games, the Sam for, for the past couple of years as well, which is good. It means he can... He can, he's already got that, I guess, senior maturity with his with his game as well. So and being has being as small as he is, that's probably going to be 
massive in terms of his development. The fact fact that he doesn't need to start at AFL level, he's already had that senior experience, that's going to be probably really, really good for him. And it'll probably show this year in the twos if he's starting off there. Who knows? He might be a bolter and play around one. But wait and see. Um, We'll move on to pick 41, Jack Carroll. Everyone's naming him the steal of the draft, which makes me nervous. <laughs> More expectations on a Carlton draft team. I'm getting Liam Stocker vibes. I'm getting Brody Kemp vibes, you know. But realistically, um, pick 41, often a pick 41, that won't really turn out to be anything. So um, if we can get a player out of Jack Carroll, I think we've hit the jackpot, really. Um, Tass? Another midfielder. I mean, how many do we need? Let's be honest. Well, well, you say midfield. Apparently, he plays... He can play off the half-back line, which, I mean... That's, we've got what, a few failed, that's what failed midfielders do, or developing Yeah, well, well we've got, we got a few of those guys, <laughs> nah, too, yeah, I guess. He, he, <laughs> looks, he looks like a half-decent pickup. so I, to say that he was supposed to go... Some, some were saying even top 15, yeah, um, yeah, which is really surprising that we got him at 41. It's nice to say that finally we get something on the cheap. Get, a, know, bit, get usually, a bit lucky. Usually we're overpaying and... Mm. Um, you know, things aren't really going our way. But yeah, this is good. If if they've if they've identified him to be, you know, Crips help, I guess, in a few years' time. Um, then, you know, power to him, I guess we can't really judge yet. We haven't even okay. seen a second of him play, so um, yeah, look, hopefully hopefully things things go well and again, puts pressure on stock up, puts pressure on Kemp. Kemp, I guess, yep. if Kemp was supposed to play midfield. That's another dilemma that well, I probably we'll need to cover sooner or later. I was going to say, I think they've, they've come out and said he's going to be... Tra- he's been training with the, the back line, yeah. the defensive uh, unit. So, And I think as a junior, he did play across the half forward and half back line a bit. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I guess it makes sense if you want to get more of these young midfielders in, you put Kemp on the half back line. You might end up putting a Jack Carroll on the back line too. I mean... I mean, I guess if you've got a guy, I think he was the youngest guy in the draft, or one of. Yeah, he is. hasn't even turned 18 yet. Yeah, so, so I mean, if you've got a, this young guy who's 188 centimetres already, uh, big guy, and he can sort of, he's versatile enough to play a few different positions, um, I think if you find him, you know, really coming into his own in one of them, you stick him there, you, you see how it goes. And realistically, I can't imagine a guy as young as him will probably play next year. No. He might be a bit raw, so he gets a year into him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, no reason not to be. And, you know, he's grown up with Cripper. Uh, well, Cripper as an idol. Went and played at the same club, so nice little bit of uh, camaraderie there. That's, that's what gonna I was going to say, yeah. Um, JB, what are your thoughts on him? I, I like him. I think we, we got to pick 41, and we're just honestly surprised that it was still there. And I think we just went for him. Which was good. I think that's had up happen a couple, couple of times. I like obviously thinking another midfielder. Do we really need any more? But I think at pick forty one, I think we just couldn't sniff at it and we had to go for it. So I like. I can't wait to see what he what he shows. So yeah, he's obviously yeah, he's another instrumental boy. So hopefully it means um more the WA boys can just keep that synergy going and um and like stay together. Don't, I don't want to get homesick or anything because I, I guess touch wood we don't want that happening with any of the WA boys because it'd be a pretty sad day if any of them want to leave but um, yeah I like it I just can't wait to see him but I think we'll have to might have to wait a couple of years yeah I think we'll wait at least a year um, the player who the player he plays like as we all love that, you know you know, who would have thought Morris Rioli plays like Daniel Rioli but uh, Jack Carroll apparently plays like Pendlebury so I mean 
And if anyone's half as good as Pendlebury, I'll take him. Yeah, as long as he's got a basketball background, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably does. I think I think another reason he slipped, I think he had a wrist injury that uh, was affecting him uh, sort of the back half of this year. So I think that might have been a factor as to why he slipped. But um, no, nah, I think very safe bet. You say um, another midfielder. Who would you... What, what, what was the position you were sort of hoping to uh, see us go for at that pick? It's a fair point because... Yeah. What really do you get at 41 that's half decent? We've got the small forward. That's the sort of pick range that you'd be thinking your small forwards would be coming into it, even your back pocket sort of type of guys. Um, not that they're really that small, but... Yeah, I don't know. I just... A midfield quote is really high. I can just yeah. see us losing. Like, in the next few years, we're going to have to start trading some of these guys because they're 100%. going to be too good to be playing resis. So that was sort of my my line of thought. And looking at Liam Stocker, I don't know they're just photos, but... He's put on a bit of height, slimmed down a bit. And, and the club's the club, really yeah. pushing him down our throats. Every post they put yeah. is a Liam Stocker photo. Yeah. They're it's loving it. They're getting around it. Yeah. So look, hopefully... Um, again, it's healthy competition at the end of the day. And, yeah. and if Jack Carroll turns out to be better than Liam Stocker, then fantastic. Bonus. Jack Carroll plays. It's as simple as that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't know. Like I get everyone... Every, there's, there's this stigma with Carlton that we don't have enough midfielders. Ever. We've never, we've so regardless many. of how many things we have, we've never had enough. I think we might have bought into that. Yeah. The media pushes this agenda that we never have enough of anything. And now that our back line's sorted, you sort of notice that it's sort of tailed off. You know, mm. we've, we've got in Saad. Williamson's becoming a really good player. Newman's going to come back from injury. Marks it it sort of tails off. And they've got, they've, got a, they've got to read a new narrative now, you know? It's always something negative about Carlton. Oh, they don't have another midfielder to help creeps. Well, you know. We've got a good 20 of them. I think my dad might be right. There might be a conspiracy against Carlton. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, I would have, I, I thought we were, um, we ended up did picking up one in the rookie draft, but I thought we were going to pick up a, another key back and another tall because I thought we might have been a bit short in the, in the tall area. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we did end up picking Luke Parks in the yes. rookie draft, but pick eight. yeah, pick eight in the rookie draft, which it's, it was surprising. I didn't, um, as we saw in the Instagram. Had the um, got people to send in our thoughts and um, and the Michael J Ramiro twenty nine sent in a, his his thoughts and what happened to Walsh's brother and that's Henry Walsh a, a ruckman, and um, I thought we might have even gone for him as well. So, but yeah, I th- I thought we we're gonna get some tolls after we delisted a few, but um, we've still got one we've still got one more spot left, so that might be on the through the SPP. So hopefully we just we'll see what happens there and. Maybe we get, might get a bit taller. Just on uh, Henry Walsh, I want to ask you guys, do you want to draft him because he's Sam Walsh's brother? Or no. do you want to draft him because we think he's a good player? Because the way I see it is we've got we've got Tom DeConney, we've got Mark Pitney, and we've still got Casbold on our list. Now, Kaz, do, do you really, as a third Ruckman, do you really want an 18-year-old going in there? needing to perform because I don't think having an 18 year old raw is really the best option to have as a third your Matthew Loby or your Andrew Phillips is probably even a better option than that because Henry Walsh he might be a quality player don't get me wrong but to go in there and have him as your third ruckman after having your best two injured I don't really think that's a healthy option for him or for us either it's pretty much just a waste of a list spot to be perfectly honest so I think that's sort of the line of thinking they were taking with that yeah, might um, give him a bit of time and maybe I don't know who knows they may even say come play for the Rezies hmm. um, and that's you know 
that's fine. And then in three or four years' time, if, if he's good enough, bring him on the list because he'll have a bit of size about him. Not going to be, you know, outworked and there's not going to be any pressure on him to perform when Pitto and DeConning go down, touch wood. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I sort of thought was the line yeah, of thinking I, behind that. It's it's fair enough, but I just hope it doesn't mean we might see um, Callum Moore back on our list. I think that might be the issue. But anyway, yeah, it is a fair point you raise. I think just the um, the contingencies you might have with certain injuries and obviously the ruck is a is a whole entire issue of its own so yeah with with Henry Walsh yeah you put it you, when you put it into, the, into that scenario it's fair enough that maybe you didn't get picked up at least by us but even to not get picked up at all might have been surprising but anyway that's 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 footy I guess well yeah with with Walsh um, you know we've already got De Kerning as the young ruckman developing and he's looking likely to you know, actually make the grey, which is fantastic. And Pitonet is still quite young. He's 25, I think, now. 24, 25, yeah. Yeah, so realistically, getting an 18-year-old Ruckman, I mean, like, you could do it, but it, it, there's no real purpose for it. You can always use Caswell as your third Ruck. And realistically, Caswell will do the job of a third Ruckman. Yeah. He's not going to be worse than the other team's third Ruckman. So, um, yeah, I think I was surprised Geelong didn't go after him being, a you know, a Geelong boy. Um, there was talks they'd go after him, and they probably need a Ruckman. Um, so, yeah, I thought that. But going back to uh, Luke Parks, we picked up... Um, I really like him, I think, as a key defender. Um, I think he sort of takes over the role McCready had. He was always gonna, He's always just going to be purely depth. He's never going to... I mean, if he does break into the team, it'll be fantastic. But um, he's a 19-year-old, uh, played in the Sandful last year for Glenelg, and obviously impressed... Um, and before that, he was part of the Sydney Swans Academy, which um, has produced many really strong players. Um, so, yeah, in terms of people wanting that defensive depth, I mean, we did address that, I guess, in a way. And the thing that a lot of people, for, I think, might be forgetting is we've still got Nick Newman and Caleb Marchman coming back into the, the into the team next year, and there's going to be massive competition for spots in that back six. So, um, yeah, I, I like Luke Parks. Any Any comments you want to make on him? Yeah, I like I like the, the the thought behind the acquisition. It's probably sort of like he'd probably be good for that third tall sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, to come in if need be. Um, but I don't know. He seems like a really strong intercept mark, good pack mark. He's got know? a big body. I don't know how much yeah. he weighs, but I imagine he'd be he'd be a thick boy. Eighty three, apparently. Eighty three, so mate. He's a, he's a he's a strong eighty three kilos. <laughs> yeah, so bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I don't think it's the worst um, pick up, and he goes very well by foot, seventy four percent. So. That's well above the AFL average, I think. It's about 69 in AFL average. Um, so, yeah, that, that's uh, I, I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, and he's shown that he can do it yeah. at, at a relatively high level. I guess the sort of thinking would have been that Silvani and um, and McCready haven't really probably set the water light in the resis. They've done their role. But if this guy's shown at you know he can perform really well at a good level, sandful level, I think it was, or is he allies? Uh, yeah, yep, Sample. Yeah, Sample. It is Sample. Um, then, yeah, why not? Sample's a good league, so. Mm. JB? No, no thoughts. It's good to get out. I think it's just, yeah, echo your sentiment, just um, yeah, more depth. One thing one thing I noticed about um, the players we've drafted is all of them have sort of had that experience against bigger bodies and older players, which I think is really good. Um, it's, it takes away a big sort of question mark on most um, draftees. You know, can they play against guys that are a bit bigger? Are they, can they make the grade, essentially? 
Um, and you see guys like someone like Paddy Dow, he's come in and he really struggled, I think, with the physicality for a lot of it. Lockie O'Brien has. So with all the guys we've drafted, Durden has played, um, he played Sandful. Carroll has been basically the youngest guy every year in his league. And um, Luke Park's now playing Sandful as well. I think it's, um, I think that's a really good thing to see. You know, you, you, these guys are going to, you know, hopefully match the physicality that's required. Um, any final comments on the individual picks before I move on? I've got a big question to ask you. All right. Why do Carlton not have an academy? Now, I really don't like the bidding system, and I think I've discussed it before. However, if it's in, it's not fair for the teams who don't have one, and I think we're going to get left behind. So why haven't we got one? JB, you've got thoughts on this. Yeah, I think it might be a more comical answer, but um, I think, yeah, it's just, again, I think it's just a conspiracy against Carlton. They don't want <laughs> us to succeed. But, um, yeah, no, it is a fair point you raised. Why don't we have one? I'm sure there might be a bit more underlying issues towards that we might not. Or do we? We do have one. That maybe we just... Okay, maybe we They just don't produce talent. Maybe that can be, but that's my... Zach Dawson's role was uh, Next Generation Academy Manager. Oh, maybe maybe we do have one. But is it a is it an actual sort of is it an actual thing or is it just a well, sort of a that's program? That's what the NGA is. It is okay. Well, hmm. maybe okay. There's there's your answer. We, we do, do have, have one. one. We just don't. Have it's just not the talent. Yeah, we need a we need to pick one up. And but I think you know it's I think it's just because we haven't got one. We not people just forgotten about it. I think because we don't have any good players. Can I ask a question about this? I don't yeah. necessarily understand the concept of the next generation academy. I get it for like Sydney, Gold Coast, all the interstate clubs. Um, where football is not necessarily the premier sport, so I understand that. But is the idea to is it is it for kids of um, disadvantaged backgrounds to get an opportunity and get noticed, or is it just in general? Say, like I don't know, we had Oscar Manton in there, next generation academy, who's Glenn Manton's kid, and we had uh, Hickmont's kid as well. So I, I don't understand. Like that's not necessarily a disadvantaged background. Or was it, was it more for a father son? Yeah, so this is what I don't get. What's the what's the actual purpose? Yeah, of it? I mean, I guess he's, he, what, what's the difference between this academy and then like playing for the Oakley Chargers or something? I, I understand what you're saying, and realistically, you're right. Like, what warrants you being part of the academy? I can understand like in those interstate areas where football might not be a major sport. Um, I imagine it would be a bit um, hard for players, I guess, in areas to actually play. So you can see that, but um, yeah. So yeah, I just um just have a quick look. According to AF Victoria, it's to aimed at the attraction, retention, and development of all talented players, both male and female, in underrepresented segments of our community. So obviously, that's where it comes in with the other teams, communities, and whatnot, and underrepresented. So people that I guess what we say with more of the expansion clubs that don't have as much football representation, to I guess just boost it there. I think to get them playing and and so on and so forth but i think i think it brings in the i guess the question of zones why don't we maybe have a zone that's in the expansion in the, in the northern territory or something or northwestern australia something yeah. like that one and we have one because i think the bulldogs had one and i don't think footscray's that yeah like, they're underrepresented in collingwood in the, in, has one in the in the football community collingwood either yeah they're not that underrepresented so maybe that's where the players come from but then again why don't yeah so it's it's interesting one i think I see why they have it. Um, I think I think with the bidding, it doesn't. With the bidding system, it doesn't. 
it finds to be a bit more unfair. Like I think how many times where one of the the next gen academy kids were bid on, and the team that if they didn't match their bid would have been worse off, which I th- which I found to be pretty yeah. unfair. So I think there might be have to be a bit of tweaking in that regard. But I, I like it in terms of just growing the game all across Australia, which is which is fair enough, Germany. Yeah, I was just going to say, like it says here, each club has its own geographic region with participants having access to club-based talent. So, like, I guess it's obviously not just based on the suburb you come from. Yeah. So, Footscray is obviously not Footscray, otherwise they wouldn't have got Jamar. Mm. Because Jamar is from near Warrnambool. Yeah. And he went to Scotch, so... Yes. Not necessarily sure how that relates to Footscray. <laughs> um, and I guess it's sort of like... Probably like in the old days where they had the zones, we had Bendigo, Ballarat, and yeah. um, then some areas of South Australia and Western Australia, so... Um, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a definite yeah, South Australia. Yeah, so like, I don't know, I guess the sort of bone I have to pick with it is why why do Victorian clubs need next generation academies? That, that doesn't necessarily make sense to me because we can give these kids opportunities through Oakley Chargers or through Western Jets, through Calder Cannons. You know, there's, there is those clubs and pathways there for Victorian players, Victorian-based players. Um so sort of like I get like Jamara was from Warrnambool obviously he can't yes. join one of these clubs because there's no club out there but he bought it at Scotch Scotch gave him an opportunity but the thing is though come. well the thing is at Warrnambool like they've produced that league the the is it the AFL or something I don't EDFL EDFL Eastern District they produced some of the best plays we've seen yeah. in recent history yeah. um, so but yeah it's, it's, it's not like it's an area where football isn't played yeah, our but, zone. But I do, I do understand what you're saying. I do. Our zone, which can be found on the AFL website, is quite small in comparison. It goes from Carlton all the way up to Hume Vale and a bit just before the King Lake National Park and a good 20, 30 k's either side. So, so it's pretty much just all the way up Sydney Road, really. It's very, it's very small compared to the zones Richmond's got from the Great Dividing Range all the way to the border of South Australia so yeah compared to I think our zone is just very very small we do have one but we're in a small pond where everyone else is I guess fishing in the ocean <laughs> Melbourne Demons have got half and all the territory yep Hawks have got another quarter of that yeah it's our zone We do, while, we, while we do have a next gen academy our zone is compared to the whole competition very very small well it's funny you say because I, I honestly didn't even have a clue we had that next gen academy yeah. but um, it just speaks volumes of that yeah and I think I just know I, I really I've said it before and I, I guess if you're gonna have it um, you definitely you know teams should have the right to you know protect that play but it gets really frustrating for me when um, like Adelaide realistically got screwed over this year they should have got you Hagen I think Next year, whoever's the wooden spooners should be getting Nick Dacos, who apparently is going to be the number one pick. But Collingwood will most likely match it, or whatever, whatever that happens there. Collingwood will get him regardless. You know, Sydney picked up, I can't remember the name, but the pick five of this year's draft, they were able to match the bid on him. So I mean, I think with these top uh, draft picks, it's just um, it can be so frustrating for the clubs who just don't have that access to him. And even yeah, Adelaide like. Adelaide, I'm sure, would probably have some sort of academy, but they couldn't get Hugo Hagen, who was the best player. I don't know. I just think it's frustrating. It's frustrating um, to watch. Yeah, I th- it was interesting to see. Um, I had an article, I think, a day or two later after the draft, to see why they did bid on Hagen. It was interesting to see. It was just more tactically to get James Rowe, 
I think his name was yes. the, the small forward yes, from yes. Australia because I think the Bulldogs interested in him and if and if with the Bulldogs making them matching the bid at pick one they lost they were picks in the entire draft which was which makes sense I think in that scheme to force to bid on players to I guess hinder the other the other points of um of other teams draft points yeah well I think yeah it's an interesting point of discussion I think it's something that's definitely um, going to be talked about a lot more next year seeing um, seeing Nick Dacos who is again another NGA player is predicted to go pick one it's always going to be a bit of controversy around it and it's something I disagree and on the same similar sort of note interestingly this year no father son selections yeah, this brings up a very interesting point because that Dacos is a father-son now as well, isn't yes, he? So what, what, what's the go? So I don't... I don't is, it, is there a ruling behind the father-son? It takes up a certain amount of points, I'm pretty sure, doesn't it? I think it's similar to... It's the same. I, I don't know, but I imagine it would be the same as the So NGA you run your son through the, the NGA, points. do you? Yeah, it's because uh, it'd be like the Sylvani and Essen. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think so. I, I don't know the details. It'd be... It'd be the same as an NGA player. I think where they bid on them, we have to match the bid and certain amount of points have to give up. I think it'd be similar. There's just so many complications. It's beyond ridiculous. It's right? just too many, yeah. I think, and I think us talking about it, I feel like it's like the blind leading the blind. We've got yeah, no idea. Yeah. Just trying to figure out. I'm just more shocked that we had absolute peanuts for a zone. Oh, yeah. When I'm, I'm, I can just see that map on your screen just out of the corner of my eye. It's actually, it's it's terrible in relation to the whole country. So... Yeah, pretty scary. But either way, I think Carlton personally, we haven't we weren't affected by it this year, which is fantastic. Um, so we don't have to worry about this year. But going forward, it could again have play a factor. But um, yeah, JB, do we have any comments that really stood out to you from any uh, listeners that came in? Um, yep. So on on our Twitter, I also had the. Had the post, um, Lawrence said, uh, good draft and fill the void of small forward. We still need to address the key back and ruck backup options. So, And I think the key back might have been filled by Parks as well as whoever we may pick up in the SPP, with the SPP spot. Same with, the ruck, same with the ruck backup as well. So I think, which is fair enough, I think we did have a good draft compared to what we had, what we turned it into pick eight. I think we didn't, we weren't going to use... So it was fair enough to give a, give it away for Saad and fair enough. I I I think echo that sentiment too. I think we did have a good draft for for what we had as well. Yeah, and I think um, well, should we talk about the SPP pick? Who's I see no better time. Who <laughs> or what kind of player, or specifically, if you have a player you really like, who would you like to see Carlton go after? Because realistically, it's one spot that we've seen. Is it? It's, you can bring a player in who will slot straight into your twenty-two. Gibbons did it instantly and had a big effect. Is there anyone who really sort of screams a name out, or a position that you really think we need to address right now? I think it's. I think it's just what we need to address, which is the, I think the key back. And I think we'll find. I think. I think when I'm just getting a ruck back up, that might just be purely for the reserves almost. And then if we need, can can play. So, so you think we need a key back more than we need a backup? Oh, no, no, I don't know. I mean, I mean ruck back up. So you think we need a ruck we'll back go, more we'll than go. we I need a backup key forward? Hang on, here we have. I think whoever. I think maybe. Huh, it's a tough one. Some hard questions. We'll, we'll n- narrow it down for a second. So we've got. We've got Charlie injured. And realistically, he's always going to miss a game or two. He's going to be. He's going to be the next generation Jared White. Yeah. And then we've got Harry 
Mitch, who is quite frankly pathetic at the moment. And then who have we got after that? Levi. Silvani's not a forward. I don't, I don't agree with that. Silvani. Silvani can play tall. He, he'd be that McGovern third tall. It's going to be a Kemp. Thinking he could I just could see chuck Kemp him there. Ending up in the forward line, yeah. My only issue is we might have that with Weedering, which which I was worried about when we drafted him. If you put him, hopefully, I'm not too sure how Kemp is, but you put him in too many positions, it might just kind of mess with the development. That's what I was worried about with Weedering, putting him forward and back. And Well, they did kick three goals on Alex Rance. We'll, don't sniff at that. But um, yeah, he's he, obviously he's a lot better as a as a backman. That's, but yeah, I'd actually, when you um, think of, when you put that out there, key forward, you'd, that's why maybe should we have gone for McCartan maybe? I just think when you look at um, the depth of our back line in comparison to the forward line, I still think our back line is so much more solid right now. And I think forward line, with, with the uncertainty around Charlie every every year, I think it doesn't hurt. Like realistically, Levi's on his last legs. He's, he's got probably two years left in him, I'd say. And... Realistically, we don't really want him playing. However, um, besides, like in terms of guys who aren't in our best 22, he's really the only one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Tasty? Who is what's the player you want to see us target? To be honest, I haven't really thought about it, but I think a, a f- the forward backup is the sentiment that I, I want to go with because we haven't really got someone that we know has played in the forward line consistently and you know knows how to do it so we've got it yeah we've got our three you know or our four i, I do think Silvani can play that third tour role um but we do need another one and it, it, god let it not be callum moore <laughs> hey, as long as it's not callum moore give someone else a go he's proven he's not up to standard he, he's for the vfl fine go ahead play him if he wants to be the key forward in the vfl he's good all right in the scratch matches but he's shown he's not up to stand. It doesn't have the ability at all. Not even close. Um, so give someone else a run. You know, the McCartan idea, yeah, I get. Um, and I'm probably more inclined to agree with it than disagree with it. Um, but the, that chatter sort of went away in recent weeks, didn't it? So, um, yeah, if you can throw Kemp up forward, maybe. He has played forward in his, um, in his junior days. So... Yeah, look, the SPP is probably a, a, a forward backup sort of type player. Yeah, well, I think the players who we've been sort of linked to, or the rumours have said that we're going to invite them to train in January, I think were uh, Oscar McDonald, delisted from Melbourne, who's a key back. Uh, yeah. We have Jonathan Marsh, delisted from St Kilda, a key forward. So um, she could almost play as Ruck if you're desperate. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I mean, like Daniel Grange against North when everyone was injured. Daniel Grange plays a ruck which is that's but that's I think once in a blue moon and um, I think uh, off the top of my head there was one more Sturgis Sturgis who obviously got pipped by Callum Moore unfortunately last year Um, so there are a few names out there I'd love to see us you know start talks with Paddy McCartan I just think why not you know realistically it's just it's an easy way to get you know someone and give someone a chance um, and if they don't, if they don't work out, well, We've, so happened, who cares? It's happened before. It's happened many times before, unfortunately. Um, last sort of thing before we go on to our forgotten blue. What is, what is something that you want to see throughout the preseason? Is there anything that you really want to see to give us a sign that we're going in the right direction? 
obviously everyone in preseason is a superstar. They're having the biggest preseason of their life. Training, training the house. Training down. the house down. What is it that you actually want to see, um, Tass? What do, what do you want to see that we're doing that's going to make you happy and think that this is going to be a good year? It's going to be in the Marsh series yes, yes. or in the, uh, you know, like how we played Collingwood mm, yep. and we were all able to go. That was a fun day. That one yeah. was good. Yeah, it was six um, quarters. Getting, that, that's where I'm going to see it. What I want to see is I want to see straight goal kicking and I want to see nice entries. If I see nice entries into the forward 50, I know that they've worked on it in the off season and I know that it's going to be better. It's not going to be better 100% of the time and I understand that. I'm not one of these idiotic fans who wants everything to be perfect all the time. It's not going to be. Oppositions are going to have... To, Bits in games where they're on top of us. It's just the nature of the game. But what I want to see is when we you know we're trying new things and we're we're nailing. We're getting to the point where we're almost nailing our entries into forward fifty. We've got a plan. It's not just it's not just you know Cripps handballs it out and someone boots it in the fifty. I get that from the centre bounce. That's how you do it. But you know when we're working the ball, I don't want to just say bomb it long and then you know it's it's some sort of. Um, Procedure or tactic in going about intent, it. Mm. intent, deliberate, that's, deliberate, that's deliberate entries that are clean. Yeah, it's because you that always happened. You'd you'd get great exit, you nice handball, quick run throughout the back line onto into the midfield, and then you'd get to just around the fifty or just before it, and just put someone just bomb it long, and you waste it because then some of the players don't really have time to read it. Mackay goes up for it, and Caswell blocks him off. Um, yeah, so that's I, I think. Echo that sentiment as well. Yeah, I think I like that. If you see that deliberate intent for cleaner entries, they're good signs as well as just just competitiveness. I think we've we've just seen that. I think in the preseason, we just almost just don't care almost, and sometimes. And I think if you're be wanting to win every game, regardless of points or no points, I think will put stead put um put the culture in pretty good stead too, which which would be which be good for me. I think just to see that because I think how many times we've seen just getting pumped at um. In the preseasons, like I think Freo last year or the year before, year, yeah, last, year, last year, just boring, just not good to <laughs> see. And then yeah. it almost, yeah, I just, I'd rather just see us win almost. It fills, it fills you with a bit of doubt, which is not what you want, yeah, given the fact that this year needs to be a year where we're we're going to jump up into the eight. Um, for me, I want to see us again in the marsh. I don't want to see us conceding consecutive goals again. Biggest issue for us this year was those swings and. Um, realistically if we want to make the eight that can't be a feature of our games again and so that's the big thing for me I think over the preseason um, we need to learn how to again slow the game down because realistically we were getting smashed at the end of quarters last season and now they're going to 20 minutes again honestly it scares me a bit because we really drop off towards the end of quarters and that, you know, six, was it 16 minutes last year we were dropping off and you know an extra four minutes really means like an extra seven minutes with stoppages. So, um, yeah, I think we need a. I'd love to see us working on that sort of slowing the game down, getting a bit more defensive pressure on the on um on the opposition. Yeah, control the game, make it on our terms. If a couple couple goals play very slow, and obviously it's you never know what's going to happen, but we can only hope. Yeah. Well, on that note. JB, you've got a forgotten blue forgotten for us. Blue. So here we go. So he, I was trying to make it quite hard because he's he's well known, but his Carlton career wasn't that eventful. So um, 
he came to Carlton. He debuted round one, 2004, against Fremantle, aged 27 years and eight days after coming across from Hawthorne in a trade for pick 51, which included a teammate, hang on, Brett Johnson. So Brett Johnson and this forgotten boy were in the trade for pick 51, which is in 2004 would have been, would have been, would have been, this is especially in the early 2000s when we were struggling. Um, so yeah, so, so he was drafted, hang on, sorry, I've forgotten it. So he, st- he played at Hawthorne from 95 to 2003. And um, do you have any, any ideas at the moment? Keep going, mate, keep going. Any ideas? Um, so he wore, so he's played nine, he played nine games for Carlton. Kicked two goals. His best effort came in round 19 where he gathered 17 possessions in the wet. Um, I'm trying. I'm sorry, I, I'm trying the bluesy. I'm just trying to find things to say without um giving it away. You said he had an illustrious career outside of Carlton. What? what no, he's 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 more well known for not not for playing at Hawthorne for what he's done after. Right, ah. his post football career. Yeah, like many, he's gone into coaching. Oh, any Brett Radden. No, no he, he, played, he, no, he played more than he nine played more games. Than nine games, and he was not a spud. So, um. if I'm not, he bore the Guernsey number two. He was more of a forward. Two, two for Carlton. Well, yeah, so this before, is before Jordan, Jordan Russell. Before, before Jordan, Jordan Russell. Before Jordan Russell. Oh. His last game came in round twenty-two against Collingwood of two thousand and four. In two thousand and four, his last name has this has a word in it that is. A car manufacturer, which is pretty famous in Australia. I'm trying not. I'm, trying, I'm doing my best to not give it away, but there's not much about about his about his about his about his Carlton career. Can we have an initial or something? I need. We've got we've got you got you got Ford. So it's something Ford is his last name. D H. I don't know. D H is his initials. Just he's since 2018. Oh, he's been the coach oh, since 2018 for the Carlton AFLW. Yes. Jeez. Oh, see, so, yeah, that's why. See, so he, he did end up playing 162 games in his whole career, only nine for Carlton. I did want to make it hard. I tried to, yeah, try to make it hard for you with um with me not in the race for it. So um, <laughs> yeah, but yes, there's Daniel Harford. He did play for Carlton just a few games. Well, there you go, Daniel Harford. I'm sure there are a few out there that got that one. He, he was probably just a little bit before our time. I'm probably a bit too young for Daniel Harford, a nine-gamer. But um, yeah, it's a good one. JB, I think next time either Tass or I will have one and you can you know, show, it, show him who's boss again. Um, any final comments you'd like to make? None from me. Do you have any unlucky moments? I know no. I have an unlucky moment that JB's had. Oh, um, I hit the uh, yeah. So, um, so Luke and me, um, pre-avid snooker fans, who try to play as much as we can, and playing together, I think I've hit the white ball in a good few hundred times, and that incurs that incurs the, that incurs a penalty of four points, and it happens too many times. No many, no matter how many times you try and not get the white ball in after you hit an object ball, um. It does happen to go in, and he's proven to be quite unlucky because it's <laughs> definitely not meant. There's no intention to get the white ball in. Obviously, don't want to give away any free points. I think like we've got, like um Carlton's given away free goals. So, but anyway, oh, nice little link there. Yeah, yeah All right. just had to. Well, 
Who knows? When are we going to be recording next? I reckon we'll do a pre-season preview. Yeah, I think so. Sort of February territory. Yeah, so about right. it'll, be, it'll be a little bit, a few weeks or a month or so before you hear us again. So if you're listening before Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We hope uh, everything's going well. Happy, yeah, happy holidays if you celebrate something else. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm excited for next year, boys. I'm excited. I think we're going to do well. Yeah, I, I just... I, yeah, don't want to speak too soon. Yeah, don't want to be. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm being. I'm optimism, mate. It's, it's yep, important. No, one good player, definitely top four. Yep, thanks. <laughs> all makes, right, makes us all look a bit more normal. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. So until next time, go the Blues. Come, boys. Right.